to or welcome back to the Journey Through Life podcast. I'm Justin Barton, the host of this podcast, and I am very, oh, mixed emotion today. I'm wrapping up the Journey in Recovery series, the 12-week series that we did on one of each of the 12 steps of recovery as, as uh, put out by, by the uh, Alcoholics Anonymous organization. Over the last few months, I have met with and had conversations with some of the most amazing and genuine people that I have ever met, and my life has become better for it. Now, before we get into this wrap-up session, I have neglected over the last few months to really give the um, credit due to the partners that we have here at the Journey Through Life podcast. And I'm going to do that at the beginning of this episode just to give them the credit due and to put it out there to those who have listened who maybe didn't know or weren't aware of the partners that have really been helping the Journey Through Life podcast continue and thrive. And I'm grateful for them. So the first one of those partners is A Life Untold and I'm very happy to have a relationship with this great company that fits perfectly with the theme of the Journey Through Life podcast. A Life Untold is a company that helps absolutely anyone turn their life story into a beautifully designed hardcover book. Their process is designed to be easy for everyone. All you do is complete an interview with thought-provoking questions about your life. You can either do that online or get one of their biographers to interview you live over the phone. After the interview is complete, A Life Untold takes over and designs, prints, and delivers your life story as a hardcover book to your door. This makes for a great gift to a loved one in your life, or it will even be a great project to do on your own. Either way, this life story, bound in a printed book, is something your family will treasure for generations. And I'm grateful to announce that listeners of the Journey Through Life podcast will save 10% on all orders by using the code Justin, J-U-S-T-I-N, at checkout. Go and check out this awesome company at alifeuntold.com. Now, we've also got two more partners that I'll just quickly introduce and run down a little bit about them. Uh, the Journey Through Life podcast has also partnered with a couple of innovative and exploding in size companies called Shepherd Brackets and Radford Pines Home Decor. Have you ever seen a floating shelf in a modern kitchen or recently remodeled home? They appear as, the, as if they're just glued to the wall, just floating there. But man, do they look awesome. A high-quality solid wood floating shelf by Radford Pines Home Decor, being supported by a heavy-duty shelf bracket manufactured by Shepherd Brackets, is the perfect addition to your home or office. These shelves will easily support over 50 pounds per stud that they are installed into. And the design of the brackets makes it so you can hit every single stud that falls behind the bracket without sacrificing position of the shelf. Do you want to know what I'm talking about? Go to shepherdbrackets.com and check it out. While you're there, or while at radfordpineshomedecor.com, use promo code JTLPOD5 to save 5% off of brackets and or high quality solid wood floating shelves. Okay, now let's get into the wrap-up of this episode. 
or of this series that I've done with the Journey Through Life podcast in the Journey in Recovery series. Um, I learned so much in the last few months as I've been doing this, and I wanted to just take a few minutes and do a quick review of each of the episodes and some of the takeaways I had and have been applying into my own life and issue another invitation, as I have at the end of every episode, to invite you to apply something that touched your heart, that was spoken to you, and you thought, hmm, that's something I should do to improve my life. And once again, I invite you to act on those promptings. As you do, it will make major differences in your own life, and in it will broaden your circle of influence so that others will also be affected and move forward being a little bit better one day at a time. Now, the first episode on step one was done with the spouse of an addict, and it was done this way on purpose. Now, step one in Alcoholics Anonymous reads, admitted that we were powerless over alcohol, or whatever the addiction is, and that our lives had become unmanageable. Now, the spouse is every bit as powerless as the addict, and that person's life is every bit as unmanageable as the life of the addict. It is time to work on healing together. Shannon, in that first episode, did a great job of voicing the anger, the frustration, the fear, and desire to control the spouse who is struggling with addiction and addictive behaviors. So many spouses of addicts lose hope and either leave or tell the addict that it is their problem and they have to deal with it. What Shannon shares is how the effects of her husband's actions were affecting her and her family and that it was her own responsibility to find healing and peace for herself, and that she could do that independent of the actions, or lack thereof, of her husband. As mentioned earlier, I did this one as the first episode on purpose. Addiction is a disease, problem, and issue that does or will affect nearly everyone at some level. And learning a bit about how to deal with it and how to find healing for oneself even if I am not the addict. Also, something that I have learned is that having a spouse or a loved one who is also working on healing is a massive support to the addict, him or herself. If we shun the addict or put more shame and heavier expectations or try to control them more and more, it will not help. It will likely create more and more chaos, even if that chaos is masked for some time it will eventually explode and cause much more damage to all involved than if they had worked recovery together and are able to speak openly and honestly about it. There are spouse and family support fellowships for virtually every addiction recovery fellowship out there. Al-Anon is for Alcoholics Anonymous. Nar-Anon is for Narcotics Anonymous. S-Anon is for Sexaholics Anonymous. And so on and so forth. Find a group, work the steps, find healing. Step two was one of my personal favorites, not only for the message shared, but for the person that I met because of this project. Step two reads, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Harvey E., a sexaholic with about six years sobriety, was the man I spoke with during this two-episode week. He shared so much about his own walk with addiction 
and his his redemption by firing his God and hiring a new God. At first, when he said this, I thought that it sounded like a blasphemy or a sacrilege. But as the conversation continued, and as my own application of things learned from these conversations continued, I learned what a powerful concept it is to prune that gnarly tree that I have grown with all sorts of false perceptions of who I think God is and get rid of those lies and allow God to replace them with the truth of who he is for me. That tree is growing back more fruitful and glorious than ever before in my own life, and I love how Harvey shares the same things in this Step 2 week. I, I now speak with Harvey a few times per week and have found a lifelong friend, and I think that if you have already, or when you do listen to these episodes, you will seek a Harvey in your own life to laugh with and to learn wisdom from and with. Step 3 reads, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood Him. Step 3 was another two-episode week, but with two separate addicts. The first, ad- the first episode, with Bill M., an alcoholic with 32 years sobriety, was fantastic. His experiences of recovery are quite powerful. He was sober for 15 years when he had a nervous breakdown because he had not yet learned how to truly turn his life over to his higher power, God. His story of taking the third step prayer in the depths of his breakdown is powerful. It goes to show that no matter how much we think we know, and how far along the path in whatever our journey is, there is always something more that we can do to make us just a little bit better than we were yesterday, and hopefully a little bit better tomorrow than we are today. I want to read the step three prayer to you. It reads, God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I, that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. What a powerful prayer. What powerful words, no matter where we are, whether I'm an addict or not. Now, the second episode of the Step 3 week was with Castle. He is a sexaholic with a fantastic and powerful story about his journey away from God and back to him. He openly and honestly talks about struggles that were shunned by his faith community and the realization he has had at various times of his life that God is with him and loves him and all of us, no matter what we do and where we are. He is always there inviting us to take his hand and become a little better with him. Now, step three is the step that almost everyone I interviewed over this 12-week series came back to as a hinge pin moment in their own recovery. And as that was the experience mentioned by nearly every one of them, no matter their religious or non-religious background, I have to come to an observation that belief in and willingness to trust a higher power is vital to lasting recovery. Step 4 was a fun episode. If you haven't heard it yet, you will be very entertained. Cameron is an irreverent, and blunt and hilarious cocaine addict with over 16 years sobriety. 
Step four is basic is typically one of the steps that a lot of addicts get hung up on as they are afraid to do it. It reads, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Cameron's real and entertaining way that he walks us through his addiction and recovery and how he continues to work his recovery today shows us that this step need not be as scary as we think it is. So often, addicts think that step four must be an archaeological dig. Cameron shares his experience that it can be done much quicker and just as effectively as it is a pretty convin- and it is a pretty convincing argument. Cameron self-describes spiritually as a 9.9 on the belief in God scale, where one is laying prostrate before God all day long and praying completely to him, and 10 is complete atheism. So he's nearly a complete atheist. But he has experienced the magic and mysticism of step three and a higher power to not be able to deny it. I loved this conversation, and it is one of the top ones that I that I get the most feedback about. Step five reads, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. Step five is another potential stumbling block for addicts. I mean, who wants to admit all of the wrongs we have done to ourselves, let alone to God and to one other person? It's tough and can be scary. I had this conversation with Jennifer, a recovering marijuana addict and alcoholic with a little over a year sobriety. Even in her relative youth and recovery, her testimony of God in her life and recovery is powerful. Her experiences that led her into recovery are also pretty powerful. From the outside, most people would look at her and think she had it all together and had very few problems, but her life was spinning out of control and the step one reality of powerlessness and unmanageability were quickly defeating her. It was good to get some perspective of someone so new in recovery who has a desire and fire to continue and to share the hope that God has brought to her with so many people. The step six episode was another life changer for me personally. I spoke with Father Bill W., an alcoholic who celebrated his 47th rebirthday or anniversary of his sobriety on the day we recorded this episode. It was truly a powerful and insightful conversation. Step six reads, We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. While we talked about step six and what that means, we also had some in-depth conversation of the origins of the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous and the history behind that. We learned of the four absolutes and of conscious contact or two-way prayer with God. These were all things that I have spent a lot of time studying in my own life since this conversation and really trying to apply to myself and it is making a massive difference in my own walk and journey through life. If you have not heard this episode, get over there and listen to it. If you have heard it and are not practicing two-way prayer, what is wrong with you? It is life and soul and, well, everything changing. I will very likely have another conversation with Father Bill W. at a future date for some more in-depth discussions on two-way prayer. Step seven is with Joe C., 
a sexaholic and alcoholic, with eight years sobriety. His journey is one that I think many can relate to. I think from our, own, from our conversation that his core addiction is workaholism. I think that many can relate to that. But when he retired, substitute and more immediately soul-cankering addictions became apparent very fast. Before I get too far into this story and experience, Step 7 reads, Humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. One of the cool things about this conversation is that Joe was married to an alcoholic with nearly 50 years sobriety when she died just very recently in the last several months. He was very familiar with 12-step literature and lifestyle, but he never thought it was for him until he had some coming-to-himself moments. Because of that, and his eventual willingness to work the steps and find healing, the last eight years or so of his marriage were the best they could be. The healing that took place was miraculous, and when his wife suddenly passed, he had friends and family for the first time in his life that he could lean on in a time of loss. This fellowship of recovering addicts really does create a stable and reliable family in times of trial and hardship. Step 8 was another two-episode week. Step 8 reads, Made a list of all persons we had harmed, and became willing to make amends to them all. The first conversation was with John, a drug addict and alcoholic with about 15 years of sobriety. Now this one is one in which I could really hear his drive to be completely and absolutely honest in all his doings. He also talks about some pretty adventurous amends-making experiences. I, once again, was very impressed with John's obvious desire to be completely honest. His journey really is inspiring. In the second episode of the Step 8 Week, I spoke with Angie, who is a recovering sexaholic with just over five years sobriety. I am so grateful to have her and Wendy, who is my next guest for Step 9, as people who agreed to be on this podcast. So often we think that sex addiction is a men-only issue. Angie is so courageous to help shift the perspective of so many people. She also has a very involved husband in Essanon, and they, as a team, are really changing their family tree and the future moving forward as they rely on God and practice the principles of of the steps of recovery in their own lives. She also talks about forgiveness of others and of self and of moving past and through abuse as a child and then how she projected that abuse on all of her other relationships moving forward in her life and how that affected them. She is a great example of not dwelling in victim thinking. Step 9, as mentioned just a minute ago, um, was another female sex addict, Wendy F., who has a little over eight years sobriety. Before we get into her seemingly unique experience, step nine reads, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Now, Wendy has a very interesting, unique, and from my perspective, a very sad childhood. But when she had her awakening, she quickly learned how much better life was on the recovery path. She is also one who is very spiritual, but really doesn't have a religious concept of God. 
Her self-described religion in her home growing up was sex, drugs, and rock and roll. She now prays and meditates and relies heavily on her higher power, not only for herself, but also for her family. Her story is really inspirational and very unique. The Step 10 guest of the Journey in Recovery series is a fantastic example of a mighty change of heart. Man, Nick is just a stud. He is an alcoholic with about four years sobriety. He talks about the concept of blowing past things that he swore he would never do and then spinning out of control in the powerlessness of addiction. Step 10 reads, Continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. If anyone seems to live step 10 in their life, Nick is that person. His daily personal inventory is lived minute by minute, and his description of how that works is powerful. He talks about dishonesty and lying, even to self, being one of the core character defects of most, if not all addicts. This is another concept that I am really applying in my life and learning just how easy it is for me to be dishonest about all sorts of small and stupid things that really don't make a difference, if I'm being honest, or lying about them, and yet I still find myself being dishonest from time to time. It is a powerful concept to become aware of and really a difficult thing to work on. Now step 11 was another two episode week and rightly so. It, to me, is one of the most important steps. Not that they aren't all important. Maybe I say that because it is the step that I am experiencing the most growth in myself at this time in my life. Step 11 reads, Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. The first episode of this week was with Matt D., a lust addict who had been working his recovery for more than 20 years. His story is one that has ties to some of the founders of Alcoholics Anonymous and some of the initial 12-step literature. He talks also of two-way prayer and the power of initiating and maintaining conscious contact with God every day. Matt D., is one of the people who really helped connect me with several of the other guests that I spoke with over this series, and I'm really grateful to him for that. As mentioned, Step 11 is one that is really blooming in my life right now, and I have him and Father Bill W. from Step 6, and this next guest, to thank for that. The second guest of the Step 11 week is also a sexaholic. Yitzi is his name. He has about a year and a half of sobriety, and like Jennifer from Step 5, who was also pretty young in the program, he has a lot of energy, excitement, and conviction in many of the aspects of of the steps. His story is one where he is really learning who God is to him and daily striving to make connection with him while he learns and grows in the program and in life. His story will resonate with many, I believe, and will help them see The addicts who seek recovery are not people who need to hide in the shadows, but they need to be courageous and step out of the shadows into recovery. Then we came to the last week of the Journey in Recovery series, another two-guest week, and I am very grateful for both of these guests, as well as all of the previous guests. 
What an amazing and uplifting and eye-opening 12-week series. Step 12 reads, Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics or other addicts and to practice these principles in all our affairs. To be honest with you, this is where I strive to live. In step 12, I think this is why I felt driven to do this series and to do whatever lies next in this project in the Journey Through Life podcast. The first of these episodes was a conversation with Phil. Phil is also a recovering addict to lust with almost five years sobriety. As I listened to his story and experience and then edited it and got it ready for release, I kept having the thought, man, this is something that needs to be shared with young men and young women in the world today. They need to know that they are not alone and that there is hope. I think that if you are a youth leader, a parent of young teenagers, a religious leader, or someone who just cares for our youth, you should thoughtfully listen to this episode and consider sharing it with those youth in your circles of influence. So many of our young men and young women are getting lost to pornography and related issues. Then they feel lost and confused and abandoned when they can't, when they want to stop but can't. Phil's story will offer understanding and hope and guidance in a world that doesn't seem to offer those things in regards to pornography and addiction in that realm. The second of these episodes for Step 12 is with Bert B. Bert is a kick. He is an alcoholic with 48 years sobriety. His journey into and out of addiction is fascinating, and his understanding and knowledge of spiritual and giving back matters are mind-blowing. This guy is a treasure trove of experience and insights, and I am so grateful that I got to meet him and have this conversation with him. So those are the general overviews of each of the steps and episodes. I want now to share some of the insights I gained, some of which I've already mentioned. I know that these insights and practices have made me, and are making me, a better person, one day at a time, and I really hope that each of you who have listened to some or all of these episodes are acting on the ideas that have come to your mind and heart, and working on some things that make you a little bit better today than yesterday. My takeaways are as follow, are as follows. First, having a supportive spouse or family member is vital for the addict. Even more so is the spouse or family member that is willing to work the steps of recovery for themselves and not for the addict. We are all powerless over something or someone, and all of our lives are unmanageable in very many ways. We all need healing. We all need support. And the rooms of recovery are one of the best places to start and continue with that. Second, my perception of who God is is most likely completely messed up. Firing God as I have understood him throughout my life is not blasphemy. If I understand God as something other than he really is, I am praying to, worshiping, denying, or ignoring a false God. I need to really seek him and learn who he really is. And as I do that, one day at a time, he will reveal himself to me and I will feel so much better about who I am and my standing with him. Three, 
It seems that the hinge pin concept in nearly every story of this series is when each of these great people made the blind step of faith to turn their life and their will over to the care of their higher power. What an amazing concept that is taught in virtually every religious setting, that there is a power greater than self, that when we trust it, our lives can and will be better. Fourth, honesty about things as they were, as they are, and as they will or can be is extremely powerful. It is so easy to lie to others and even to myself, but all I do when I lie is hurt myself and my ability to see things as close to as, as accurate to what they really are, and thus I become more and more lost. Honesty, even in small things, is very important. 5. Giving back when I have learned something of value to me is essential for me to retain that knowledge that I learned. If I learn something and do nothing about it, I am going to lose that knowledge. Then, at a future date when I need to recall it or put it into use, I will not be able to, as I won't have the conviction or even the remembrance of it then. In other words, teach and share what you learn. 6. Obtaining, practicing, and expanding conscious contact with God is an amazing practice that expands my knowledge, compassion, understanding, and peace more than anything I have done so far in my life. Two-way prayer is the most powerful practice I have ever done and, and, and has become a vital part in my daily life. To learn more about two-way prayer, go to twowayprayer.org and learn what it is about. I get nothing out of that except for I get to share my experience, strength, and hope about two-way prayer in referring you there. Number seven, the principles of recovery, while found in the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, have been around for millennia. We read about them in scripture, we learn about them in legend and folklore, and we see it in the world around us. But in order to see it, I have to be open to it and aware of it. Then, these principles jump out at me from every direction, and without compulsory means, they flow to those who are open to them. Number eight, setting up a specified time each day to dedicate to conscious contact with God and to study the principles that will make me a better person is extremely powerful. For me, my morning routine is quite set, and I will not divert from it except for very rarely. I wake up, and immediately I offer a quick prayer to turn my day over to the care of God and turn my will over to Him. I then read some scripture or other inspired writings. I then do my two-way prayer and review it and get on with my day. It typically takes about 45 minutes to an hour, but it is the best 45 minutes to an hour that I could ever spend, and my day is lengthened to allow for all things that are necessary to have happen. Number nine, I believe that I am a son of God and that he knows me individually and that he cares for me and gives me every opportunity to improve one day at a time. That he meets me where I am, and loves me where I am, no matter where I am. And he invites me to leave where I am, and go to a slightly better place each day. And through that process, I become a slightly more useful instrument in his hands to do his work in the world today. 
I think those are my biggest takeaways from this experience. There are others that will likely come to my mind after recording this, but that is where I am now. If you had other insights, I would love to hear about them. You can email me at thejtlpodcast at gmail.com. If you also would like to share your own experience, strength, and hope in a slightly different format than the one that we were discussing prim- that we discussed primarily as a specific step of recovery, I am happy to do that in a future episode of this podcast. Now, here are some places and references that were mentioned in some of the episodes. This is definitely not an exhaustive list, but includes many of them, and I think will be helpful to many of you. You can do a web search on any or all of these and get great information on these services and products to help you in your own journey. Al-Anon, Alcoholics Anonymous, Sexaholics Anonymous, S-Anon, Sex Addicts Anonymous, Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous, Cocaine Anonymous, BigBookSponsorship.org, ARPSupport.org, Marijuana Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, TwoWayPrayer.org, Father Bill W. Podcast, SAL12Step.org, Workaholics Anonymous, All Addicts Anonymous, and then some books to, to look, look into that were often referenced to. Step into Action, How to Listen to God, The Twelve and Twelve, Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and The White Book of Sexaholics Anonymous. Like I said earlier, I'm sure there are many others that I missed. If you heard something referenced in any of the episodes that invited you to learn more, act on that prompting and look it up and get it and apply it. I think that my next project, after a few more traditional episodes of the Journey Through Life podcast that I've already recorded, will be a deeper dive into the Oxford group and the four absolutes and the five C's and quiet time and two-way prayer. Sure, there will be many more slants of recovery in these, but I think we will be talking more history and application of these principles for anyone and everyone addict or loved one of an addict or someone who's just walking life without any addictive issues. If you have extensive experience with any of these or relating principles, please contact me and we will start working on this project next. Once again, if you have felt something in this or any of the episodes of the Journey Through Life podcast that is calling you and beckoning you to improve on any aspect of your life, act on it today. It can and will make all the difference in your life, and possibly in your family tree for generations to come. May the God of your understanding bless you and keep you and yours. May we press forward with steadfastness in our determination to do a little bit better and be a little bit better ourselves. Then, as we do that, We can expand into doing and being a little bit better as a family, as a community, as a nation, and as a world. It all starts right here, in the heart of the individual. Have a good week, and be well, my friends. Mm